0: Hello, homemakers. Welcome to the Art of Home podcast, where we are exploring how homemakers cultivate a place to belong. I'm your host, Allison Weeks. I'm a wife, a mom to four grown kids, and I am in my 30th year of practicing the art of home. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for checking us out. The Art of Home exists to provide encouragement and inspiration for women to practice the occupation of homemaking as an art with confidence, skill, joy, and creativity. Through this podcast and our other resources, we desire to elevate the work of the home in the eyes of the homemaker and of the culture. Homemaking practiced as an art exchanges drudgery for dignity and brings beauty and great value to the ordinary tasks of life. In case you didn't know, that is our mission statement. To our regular listeners, we are thrilled to welcome you back and to present to you today part two of our deep dive into the art of organization with Joy Welch. Now, new listeners and listeners who have been here before, if by chance you have not listened to part one of our deep dive into organization, I highly recommend that you do go back and listen to that. Before you listen to this episode, because we'll be building on the concepts that we fleshed out in part one, particularly Joy's LIVE acronym for understanding the heart behind organization. I'm gonna link to that part, part one, in the show notes down below. And we have a free resource to help you apply the LIVE principle to your own organization goals and projects. To get your copy, just click the link in the show notes or go to the slash live. That's L-I-V-E. We have so much great information for you in this episode today. After a quick review of the live acronym, we jump right into three areas of the home where many of us could use some decluttering and reordering to facilitate more smooth, peaceful, purposeful living in our daily lives. So whether you're walking the dog or mending some clothing, we hope you're able to glean just a few bits of inspiration from this deep dive into the art of organizing in the home. All right. Well, welcome back to the Art of Home Deep Dive Organization Part Two. I have Joy Welch back with me here today, and we are going to deep dive into some specific areas of the house. But before that, we're going to do a little quick review of what we went over last time, particularly Joy's LIVE acronym. So Joy, why don't you just give us a little refresher on that?
1: We talked about L. L is our life purpose. And I just wanted to say something that I want to clear up from last time. If you are a believer in Christ, we all know what our real-life purpose is. But this is, what is God calling you to do for this season of life? And that's more what we meant about life purpose. So I think I just wanted to say that because Mm -hmm. after I was listening back, I just—we all know what that we're supposed to glorify God in everything that we do, everything that we say. But God has called us all to something different while we're here on this earth. And so that is what I was trying to get at on life purpose. Right. I is for your interest. What are you interested in? We've probably gone over this and over this, but what are the things that you and your family like to do in your home? The V is for visual or a vision. The vision is the aesthetics in your home and the atmosphere that you want to create Um, in your home as people walk in? Do they want to see just a lot of fun happening, a lot of um, music playing, or do they want to have a sense of peace? You Mm want to create that in your home. So that's just the V. It includes aesthetics and the atmosphere. And then, of course, the E is the evaluate. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is evaluating every place in your home, every room in your home, and how we can best function so that we can um, live out the live principle. Right. Well,
0: thanks for that review, Joy. That was really helpful and, and concise. And I just want to remind the listeners that we do have that free live worksheet that um, resource available for you, and it just walks you through each of those steps, asking you some questions about what's your life purpose, what's your calling from from the Lord in this season right now, what are your values. I do want to point out that to do the values, you're going to need to go to a different site and find you, find a values assessment. There's tons of them online, so just find one that that you feel like would work for you, do the assessment, and then pick your top, I don't know, four or six values, and you can record that there. And then it has the place for you to do the vision for your home. And then lots of sheets on the evaluation step, which we're going to talk more about as we go into these three areas of the home. And Joy has chosen these three areas because they tend to be the most crucial areas in most people's homes that need some attention, some immediate attention in order for our lives, daily lives to function more smoothly and with more order and peace. And we're going to talk about the bathroom first. So I'm going to hand that off to you, Joy, to get oh, us started.
1: Okay. Um, well, today we're going to talk about the bathroom, the bedroom slash closet, and the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But the reason I chose the bathroom first, because I feel like that is the easiest room to start. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we can be overwhelmed with all of the different projects yeah. that we have. We are clutter everywhere. But if you start in one place and it's... You can get it pretty well done. You have such a sense, a sense of accomplishment. And I think that is why I always choose the bathroom. Who wouldn't like to you know, walk into your bathroom in the morning, everything to be in place? There's mm-hmm. not a lot of extra stuff in there. And that's mm-hmm. a really good point. Um, you start your day in your bathroom.
0: Most of yes. us do. Yes. So mm-hmm. if you have a calm space to go and start your day in, mm-hmm. you're on in that much better of a place to have a calmer day, um, Mm -hmm. a more productive and peaceful day. But if you start out that day in a chaotic space of your Mm -hmm. bathroom and you can't find anything, you're going to be frustrated from the very beginning. So good point.
1: Well, and I wanted to share too, you know, the um, the last recording that we did back in January, I wanted to say... I usually walk into a room and do clockwise. The bathroom could be a little bit different because it's hard to know. Okay, where's your sink? Where is your um, toilet area? Your shower area? So it's a little bit harder to do the clockwise. So we're going to break that one down into three key areas. And I look at the bathroom. You can think, okay, there's hardly any to to no furniture in there, so mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about you know, is this needing repair? Or do I need to refinish something? There's literally usually no furniture, maybe a cabinet or two that might need some work on, but you don't have to worry about the furniture end of it. So there's usually very little decor. Y'all all all know I live in a small house and in my bathroom, I have one large pot with a plant in it, one candle, and I have a, a really nice print of an artist I like on the wall. That is all the decor I have. Now, I will say that my shelving unit has a few little pieces, and I have some baskets on there that are very practical baskets, and I make it look like a decor just because uh, I try to make it look, uh, the practical stuff look pretty. So that's why we are starting in the bathroom. Do you know about how many square feet are in your bathroom? I sure don't, but I would would imagine probably about a hundred and fifty. There's six hundred square feet in our little cottage in the whole house. In the whole ca- right. whole house, and I think it's about four hundred. So it would probably be a maybe just seventy five square feet. Okay, it's not large, but remember, I do have my washer and dryer in there, mm-hmm. so I have to be very co- you know conscientious of everything that's in there. Every square every inch, every square <laughs> inch matters exactly. Yeah. So um. Anyway, that's what we are going to look at today. But I felt like there were three key areas that everybody has in their bathroom. Okay. One of them is our medicine cabinet. And some people actually do keep theirs in the kitchen, but I feel like. Most people leave put the medicine cabinet or the medicine box or whatever you keep medicine chest in your bathroom. So I feel like that is one thing that we need to look at today very briefly. Okay, the medicine cabinet or the medicine chest, we need to look at towels and linens. That's another thing that can just overrun our. Cabinets in our drawers oh, sure. is so many towels, so many towels. And then the last area is our cosmetics and our consumable products. Yeah, I feel like that's the area that we're going to really deep dive in today in the bathroom. Okay. So let's look first at our medicines. I know you probably have already heard this a 100 times, but go through your medicine chest and see what has expired. That is, You'd be surprised. You feel like you've... I just did this yesterday, but somehow I have a five-year-old <laughs> bottle of pills in my medicine chest. It, mm-hmm. just, it just comes up so quickly. And I will say, suggest not to keep medicines all over your house. Some people keep a few things in their kitchen, a few things in the Mm -hmm. kids' bathroom, a few things in the um, guest bathroom, and then your bathroom. I would suggest keeping everything together. But I would suggest getting some kind of container, whether it's a plastic tub. I have mine in a a little black um, old wooden crate. And I have every bit of our medicine in that crate whether you know we um whether we think we need it immediately or just have to have it on hand mm-hmm. i have it in our bathroom on one of the shelves that i have and i have you know band-aids i keep all of our um, you know, pain relievers. My husband takes a few other things um, and just, you know, stomach. There's always something that you need to add to mm-hmm. the medicine chest. So I would suggest going through that very quickly. And that can be a job that maybe takes 15 or 20 minutes. Right. And if you just have a little chunk of time, I would say work on that medicine chest.
0: And I will also let you know that most communities, at least in the US, um, our county will do like a um expired medicine drop off day. Um, and the pharmacies, local pharmacies around here, because some of that medicine you don't want to just throw it in the trash because it might be, you know, opioids or something like that. If you mm-hmm. if you had I don't know, if you had surgery or somebody in your house had surgery and you've got like some Tylenol with codeine in it, we don't want to throw that in the trash and have that get in the wrong hands. Um and a lot of it, it's not good for you to flush down the toilet either. So I would recommend contacting your local pharmacy and just seeing if they have a program for you to get rid of your expired medication. Right. That's a very good thought. Mm-hmm. Very good thing. Um, and I will say one other thing, the way that I rec- uh, organize mine in my bathroom is I have these, because um, we have quite a lot of stuff, and I'll keep them in these. Uh, they're like Rubbermaid stackable drawers. So they have like little plastic drawers that you pull out and I have a space in my linen closet for them. They stack one on top of the other and I label them according to the the type of um ailment or the body part. <laughs> so, we have a drawer good, good for idea. we have a drawer for teeth and we have a drawer <laughs> for eyes and then we have a drawer for digestion and then we have a first aid drawer. So
1: I love just, that idea. It's helpful yes. to
0: kind of keep it all separate but it's still in the same place. In, right in mm-hmm. in our medicine cabinet and just I will say, Allison evening.
1: does have a little bit more room than I do. I do. So, um, I have to do have to keep that in mind. I do. But I, have I think that's a, lot a great. More space. That's a great thought. So that's real briefly on medicines. Um, I feel like that's just an area that can be quickly done. Like I said a while ago, um, quickly gone through if you just have a few minutes of time. The other area that I feel like can be quickly accomplished is our towels and our linens. I mean, you probably got all these towels back when you were married. And I hope hope some of you are not hanging on to them if you've been married over thirty years or so. <laughs> but um, you never know. You never know. But um, I feel like towels are some something that need to be updated more often than we actually do. Um, every person in your family needs about two bath towels, and then you need some extras for your guests. So you know if you have like an extra. Um, you, maybe extra two bedrooms and you feel like you could accommodate four guests at a time, have an extra towel for each one of your guests that you can accommodate and maybe throw in a few others because sometimes, you know, we have have unexpected mm-hmm. um, people come in. So I always think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I shared a tip with one of my friends, I'll say a long time ago, and she still remembers this, like her, her kids are about 20 about 20, at least 20 or 25 years old. And I, and she said, Joy, I'll never forget you telling me this when I was a newly married young lady. She said, you all, you told me to always buy white towels. Mm, and yep. I am a white towel person. So I, I will say I have a couple of taupe color towels just for decor hanging in my bathroom right now. But the majority of mine are white. And when they start wearing out and looking dingy, I just need to replace. But those are just two areas that I feel like can quickly be looked at and nicely placed, whether you want to keep your extras nicely folded in a um, linen closet, you want to put them in baskets, you know, you determine what your space has um, to be able to store all the extra towels. Do you have some suggestions for people who just I know that there's a lot of bathrooms,
0: even in larger homes, there's just not enough storage space. You know, what if you have a situation where your bathroom just has a pedestal sink with no closet underneath, you know, not every, um, not every bathroom has a linen closet inside the bathroom.
1: I love big baskets. Mm -hmm. And in our one of our bedrooms, well, one of the only (laughs) bed, the only bedroom we have in our cottage, we have a place that I keep the extra linens because I do have a pullout sofa and I do have a little guest house also. But I keep the extra linens in a big, large basket. I roll up the towels and I roll up the sheets, have those all ready for when I have guests. So there's, there's always a little um, container or, you know, you can, you can put them in plastic tubs if you want to put them in your linen closet, if you have a linen closet, or maybe you want to put it in the closest bedroom. Like it's, if you have a guest bedroom and um, you have a bathroom attached and there's no place to put extra towels, maybe put something like a tub or a nice basket in that guest room closet so Mm -hmm. that the guests would have a, Use um, okay, that's it. that's be a handy good, yeah. For that's them. a good tip. Mm-hmm.
0: So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. When you did mm-hmm. have space with linen closets yes. in them, uh-huh. are you a um, t- how do you fold your towels? Are you like has
1: to be tr- it folded in threes, or are you a fold in half kind of person? Okay, well, I I fold it. In thirds, and then I fold it over. Okay, okay. My dad ran a, a store back when oh, I was I forgot. Yes, that. Uh-huh, like a department store. A department store okay. when I was, um, well, middle school, school through high school, uh-huh. and I would go and learn from the ladies that worked for us. How to fold towels. And we oh. had this immaculate towel department. <laughs> so um anyway, but I fold the the long side, I fold them in, in, and then I fold it over. Okay. So it's so you see this nice little um You see folding, the pretty edge. The pretty edge. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And put those one on top of the other. Oh, so, that's so I do the hand towels the same way. And then the washcloths are I just fold them in fours. So Okay. four little parts. So anyway, everybody's different. Yes, everybody is different. So and as far as Mm -hmm. just from the
0: perspective of we're talking about maximizing your space and and making it work for your family, you may need to figure out what's the best way of folding your towels to fit the space that you Mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be Joyce method. It might be some some other way. So those are the kind of things you want to think about.
1: Right. Okay. we just looked at our medicines in our um, towels and linens. And now let's look at our consumables. That is the area that consumes us, yes. basically. Yes. <laughs> we have lots of co- um, cosmetics. We have lotions. We have body washes. We've Shampoo, got shampoos, conditioner. conditioners, all the hair products. That is the area that can totally make your bathroom feel cluttered. Cluttered mm-hmm. and just overrun and maybe give you a little bit of um, anxiety, Yes, anxiety <laughs> is for sure, for sure. So let's just look at that real quickly. Um, and you have to decide what is the um, right amount of stuff for you, the right amount of cosmetics. I mean, do you like, do you enjoy using a lot of um, makeup on your face or, you know, all, do you have a lot of hair products that you use? You know, you decide, but I feel like you, I personally, I ha- I'm i down to one skincare line and one makeup line. I use the same products in the makeup line. I just go for the foundation, the the mascara, mm-hmm. but I just limit it down to just the few things I need. I do have a backup stock because with the supply chain going on right now, yeah. <laughs> I do have one of each or maybe two of each of the things that I use, but I'm down to just a few products that I use that I really, really like, and I keep them in a container. I have one drawer in our little Chest of drawers um, in the bathroom, and I have a container that I can put all my products where they're standing up, and I can easily, quickly get dressed and um, you know get my makeup on. I've got a basket underneath my sink that has all my hair supplies and my hair. um, You know, I have my hair products in there, my straightener and my blow dryer, and just a few other things that Mm -hmm. I have needs under there. Um, I have a few. Um, lotion extra lotions that I keep on hand, but I just have a few things of I've decided what I really enjoy liking, and I try to keep those nicely on my shelves where it looks pretty. And um, it sounds like you have it
0: sounds like you have a good system so that with your cosmetics, it's very visual. You can open that drawer, you can see exactly what's there, Mm -hmm. so that you can get what you need and get your face on and be done with that. And then it sounds like you. You group all of your hair products together in a little basket, Yes, which Mm -hmm. I think is a really great thing to implement in the bathroom, especially if you have multiple people sharing the same bathroom. Right. Mm -hmm. Group like items together
1: or group items according to the person together. Yes. So I feel like those are some key areas that we can make... Um, if you open a drawer, you don't want just a big heap of makeup or a heap mm-hmm. heap of just stuff in there. You want it so you can easily p- find it and put it right back in place. That's mm-hmm. how we maintain what we've what we're trying to do right. and that's that's a key thing. That's a good okay. point.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that we probably should have made at the very beginning is the whole idea here of setting up the system. We talked about this in episode one. Mm-hmm. Getting organized and staying organized are not the same thing.
1: Yes, the getting mm-hmm.
0: organized is the setting up of the systems, but you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot and not be able to stay organized because yes. you've set up a system that's not maintainable mm-hmm. for you and/or your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really important factor to consider as you're thinking about. What's going to work best for my family? What's a system that I think that we can reasonably expect to maintain? Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. also be willing to tweak it after you've set up the system and be be willing to make some changes um, for what would work better.
1: Right, right, right. Okay. Well, and I do stock up on a few items that I do keep, and um, we... We have some certain containers that I really think are pretty, and so if I buy something that's maybe not in such a nice looking container, I do pour it into the the prettier container mm-hmm. because that's just important to me to make um, that bathroom as small as it is a beautiful place to to be in. Well, it's less visual clutter.
0: Yes. You're mm-hmm. not looking at a row of, you know, loudly colored um, and mismatched labels and bottles from all the different types of products that you're using. Yes. If you right. decant mm-hmm. them into, say, all clear bottles or all blue bottles or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is to match mm-hmm. the aesthetic in your bathroom, mm-hmm. it's going to just be more visually pleasing, less visual clutter.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have a a real pretty soap dish that I just started buying this, um, these bars of soap from a little local store that they hand make these um, soaps in. Mm -hmm. They're beautiful. And I just feel like it makes your bathroom smell so good. And they make home spray. They just do so many things to Just make your um, space so appealing. You just want to stay in there. I have a little heater. And when I go in there, especially in these cold winter mornings, it's just so... I'm refreshing to know that everything's in its place and it all ha- has a home, a place to live. All the towels are folded, and I said I liked white towels earlier. I have them all stacked on an open shelf so you can see them. So actually, it, it's part of the aesthetics of mm-hmm. um, of our bathroom, right? So, exactly. anyway, just, you just want to decide what's important for you and clear out the stuff that's not working.
0: All right, so we've talked about the bathroom. Now we're going to move out into the bedroom, and we are also going to address the closet as we talk about the bedroom because most of us have some kind of clothing storage, whether it's a, a self-standing wardrobe or an actual closet in the bedroom. So, Joy, let's talk about the bedroom.
1: Okay, we we said the bathroom was the easiest room to um, deal with at first. Then we're going to look at the bedroom and maybe set the closet aside for just right now. We want to decide. Or we want to help you decide what is the function for that bedroom. Hopefully, it's just to sleep mm-hmm. and just have a relaxing time, maybe read a book before you go to bed. But a lot of times, that's not really a a viable. It has to sometimes have more than one function. Um, You might have to have your office in there. You might have to have your um, exercise bike or or equipment in there. You might have to have your library of all your um, books. Did I say that? Earlier, <laughs> okay. I, I was just thinking about thinking about all the all the things that you would need to um, have in that bedroom that maybe not necessarily needs to go in there. Mm-hmm. So you yourself ha- need to decide: Is this where I'm going to have a craft table? Is this what I'm going to you know use this for besides sleeping? If you can get away with it, just be a place of. A refuge and sleeping, that's the better idea, but sometimes you can't really do that. Mm -hmm. So you have to decide and set up little areas in your room to um to operate you know in the, in these different capacities i feel like you could go and do the clockwise principle in the bedroom so you can walk in start looking on your left start looking at everything on the wall <clears throat> are there some things that maybe i could get rid of to make it decluttered you know just some, maybe some old pictures that you've just been meaning to get rid of but you just they sometimes you don't see things when you walk in your door cuz they've been there sitting there or or hanging there for so long Um, Start looking at decluttering, those kind of things. Work all of the wall surfaces and then go back and look at your furniture. Sometimes the bedroom just is the Dumping ground. Yeah. You don't have a place for a a little extra table. You just end up, okay, I'll move it back to the bedroom and then decide later. So now's the time to decide, okay, does this piece of furniture really serve a purpose for me? Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes we over furnish the bedrooms. Mm -hmm. I feel like you just need a comfortable bed, nightstands, and maybe a reading chair and a lamp. And sometimes you do need a dresser. Personally, I put all my clothes in the closet with um, some hanging shelves. But other than that, I mean, I haven't used a dresser in, I, I couldn't even tell you how many years it's uh-huh. been since I've had had that. But some people do like those kind of, um, you know, those p- pieces of furniture too. Right. But I feel like the the bedroom sometimes can be cluttered with too much furniture. Yeah, I think in general, the bedroom...
0: Can become the dumping ground for all things, all the homeless things in the house. Yes, (laughs) can end up in the bedroom because it's typically not a space open to the public. Right, Mm -hmm. it's a private place where Mm -hmm. nobody's going to see it. So Mm -hmm. if I'll just shove it in the corner over here, Mm -hmm. and before you know it, your your bedroom which really should be a sanctuary for you, yes. a place to go and rest, is not mm-hmm. restful at all because mm-hmm. it's cluttered with, you know, maybe an extra dining chair that you don't have room for in the dining room mm-hmm. or that pile of books or that pile of paperwork that really should go in the file Uh in the long-term file up in the attic or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just could be any number of things. right? That, and sometimes
1: it, it holds a lot of your kids' things too. Yes. You know, they'll, they'll come in and bring something to show you and then it gets left there for, it, right. you know, who knows how long. Right. So
0: so I think the bedroom for a lot of people is that, that decluttering process of the evaluation, that's going to be challenging. And it's probably going to be where you're going to spend a lot of your time. And you may find at the end of that step, that's all you needed to do. Right, and then mm-hmm. and maybe you need to go into your drawers and and do some a little purging and reorganization in there.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So after you have looked through all your furniture, you've looked through all the drawers, and if you have a dresser, or any other nightstands, any you've cleaned all of that out, you've taken things out of the bedroom that don't belong there. You can look around and and just say, okay, I can have a peaceful night's sleep because mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of clutter. Now the closet is probably the hardest one of the hardest areas besides some things in your places in your kitchen to deal with. Mm-hmm. So that's when you really need to take the live principle and think about your style, your purpose, your you know interest that you have, and um, what kind of visual you want to look at. So you can think through those those letters and decide, okay, what do I usually gravitate towards? on my clothes. You know, there a lot of times you'll hear people say, take everything out of your closet. Well, sometimes that's not totally practical. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's easier to say, okay, I'm going to take and try on every one of my blouses this evening. You know, I, I feel um, like I, you know, want to see what works and what doesn't work, what still fits. Do not go on what you think fit last year, because I had some dresses that I have kept around for a few years. So finally, I said, you know, I think they still fit, but I'm going to try them on. And oh, no, they did not look good at all. And I just all packed them up. And I thought, as small as my closet is, I can't afford to have one thing in here (laughs) that I do not like. Try on every single thing. But take it, take it you know, slowly. You can do categories. Tops first, maybe pants. Decide if you want to do a capsule wardrobe, and I'm sure all of you know what a capsule wardrobe is, or if you want to um, have something like a uniform. You know, are you every day into leggings and an oversized shirt, or are you in jeans mm-hmm. and a sweater? Right. You know, decide those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you far... Um, taking everything out of your closet. Am I for that? Uh huh. I mean, well, okay. What do you think about that? So
0: let me tell you what I do. Okay, because I started doing this mm, about a year or so ago. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I started actually really calling down my wardrobe. Just mm-hmm. like I know that I like to typically wear. I mostly wear dresses. It's just more comfortable for me, especially in the summer because it's so hot here mm-hmm. and I'm not a shorts person. And mm-hmm. so it's either jeans or dresses. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wear dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've decided to do is I, just, I have decided to take my wardrobe out seasonally. And for us, that's really only twice a year. Because
1: mm-hmm. right. where we live, mm-hmm.
0: we just have kind of two, like one demarcation for cold to hot, and then hot to cold.
1: Yes. <laughs> and yes. that's pretty mm-hmm. much it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we
0: have, I have two wardrobes, seasonal wardrobes, mm-hmm. and I take everything out when it's getting close to to time to switch. Mm-hmm. When I'm ready to switch, I feel like, okay, the weather is, is changed enough that I can go ahead and switch over to the other season. Mm-hmm. I take everything out and I look at it and I decide, did I use this this year? And if this season, if I said, if it, the answer was no, then it goes.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't keep it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Does it need to be fixed?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hopefully, I've already done that. But if not, I set it aside to to mend. I take it all out. I lay it all out. I clean everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. whatever I've decided I'm going to keep and bring back next time it's cold again, then I lay it all out or I hang it up. I have a little hanger. I have a little um, wardrobe thing that goes. I can put in my room. It's actually my drying rack. So I hang my dresses there. I take a picture of it
1: mm-hmm. so I know mm-hmm. what I have. Mm-hmm.
0: I keep it in my uh, folder on my photo roll and then I have I bought these boxes on Amazon. They're just they're fabric boxes, but they mm-hmm. pop up and they're they're rigid so that they hold their shape and they it's, have a mm-hmm. lid. And then I just put some tissue paper in there. I fold all the clean items that I'm going to bring back next time and I put them in those boxes and those go on the top shelf in my closet. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. I have about 4 Mm-hmm. And so, and then everything that was in there from the season before. So if I'm going from c- cooler weather to hot to weather, hot, uh-huh. I'm mm-hmm. putting all my my sweaters away mm-hmm. and my long things mm-hmm. away, and then I'm taking all the summer things out and I'm airing them out. And if I need to clean them again, but I put them away clean. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how I do it. So mm-hmm. I I have a system where I'm purging through my wardrobe twice a year. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that way, I'm never overwhelmed. With, Mm -hmm. I've just got too many things that don't fit, or I Mm -hmm. went on a shopping spree and I got, I I now have four black blouses. I don't need four black blouses. Right.
1: Uh (laughs) So, because Mm -hmm. I'm
0: addressing it, twice a year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then mm-hmm. that really ha- has helped me to just keep it under control. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's pretty much what I do. I feel like in our climate, you can almost have a year-round wardrobe. You can and almost. Almost. Yeah. Yes. I put away a few things that are white and that mm-hmm. just look summery. And then I put away my sweaters when it's, you know, the winter time right. is over with. But I think I do the same thing. Yeah. And then if I've worn it, great you know and i still like it if i haven't i go ahead and get rid of it at that time and just Mm -hmm. but i keep a little uh, giveaway sack at the bottom of my closet until it fills up and then i take it straight to um wherever i need to a donation
0: yeah i have a i have a giveaway basket that's in a spare closet over there under the stairs that's my Mm -hmm. goodwill basket Mm -hmm. and when it's full of whatever it's come from around the house Mm -hmm. then it goes in the back Mm -hmm. of my car and i take it Mm -hmm. um but I think this is a really great system also to do with kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just remember if my if my kids had lots of options for clothing, boy, they're going to go through all those options. And mm-hmm. I'm doing that much more laundry. Right. So mm-hmm. um, really kind of limiting what what my kids had available to them to wear mm-hmm. and keeping everything pretty neutral and mm-hmm. easily... Um, mix and matchable, you mm-hmm. know. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing that with my kids regularly was super helpful to keep the closets from just overflowing and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. way too many clothing. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. a lot of most of us have too much clothing.
1: Right. I I tend to have a neutral palette, so I've got mm-hmm. you know a black couple of pair of black pants, you know, yeah. three pair of jeans, and um, well black, (laughs) black and jeans. I think that's about all I have. But it just helps me. I've got tops and sweaters to, you know, just Mm -hmm. to mix and match. And so it makes the morning so much easier. You just get up, you know, you're going to, you know what you're doing that day, grab this, grab that, and you're not weeding through um, a whole bunch of clothes that don't fit and that don't, you know, really fit your lifestyle anymore. I remember back when I first got out of college i worked um as a retail manager in a big department store in dallas i had to have so many clothes and nice clothes mm-hmm. you know it just was um just a season of life where that's where your money went to because right. that's what you were expected to wear then i started having a family, you know got married had a family and uh, boy life totally changed life um my clothing totally changed so i feel like you need to look and say okay I love this dress. It's a great dress. But is it really serving me for what I'm, you know. Because that's back to
0: what we talked about in the first episode. We want our stuff and our space to serve us, not Uh be in service to it. And if you keep hanging on to those clothes that either don't fit or they just aren't useful for you in the stage you're in right now Mm -hmm. you're still having to maintain it yes it's still Mm -hmm. taking up space in your closet and it's visual clutter again Mm -hmm. it's just there and you 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 have to look at it every time you open the closet and just get
1: rid of it right Bless, Mm -hmm. bless somebody else with that thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, and you know, after you get your clothes done, and you you feel like you're down to just the wardrobe that you like wearing, you feel so much better in that wardrobe Mm -hmm. because you know that it fits and it's you know clean and it's you know repaired. Everything fits well. Don't forget about your shoes, your accessories, and your undergarments. Mm -hmm. That those are all key areas that sometimes just pile up and just start looking real raggedy mm-hmm. so I feel like those are some key areas that you might want to address after you do your clothes you know what what you like as far as jeans okay what shoes go with those you know right. what um goes with your leggings what goes with your um you know have a if you have a few coats what do I have rain boots do I mm-hmm. need rain boots you know talk talk to yourself about that mm-hmm. kind of those kind of things so don't neglect. The shoes, the accessories, and the undergarments after that. Right.
0: And when you get to the planning stage of just um, sort of mapping out your space and what where mm-hmm. things are going to fit, I think mm-hmm. you'll find after the purging, yes. no matter what, no matter how small your closet or wardrobe is, mm-hmm. you're going to have more space. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at, well, how best can I use this space? Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. like me and you tend to mostly wear dresses, then you Probably don't need that low. If yours has a lower bar in it, I took mm-hmm. mine out. Mm-hmm. Mine has like a, it has an upper bar and a lower bar. And I guess it's meant for shirts on the top, pants on the bottom or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But all my dresses were like getting stuck on that lower bar. So I just took it off. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Think about ways in kids' rooms, you know, uh, there's all kinds of to- uh, tools and useful things out there to help maximize the space in the closet using the vertical space, mm-hmm. you know, with with unique kinds of hangers and little bars you can attach to even create a second lower bar. I did that in my boys' um, closets mm-hmm. when they were younger mm-hmm. because they only had an upper bar and I their clothes aren't that big. So I wanted to be able to use all that space because mm-hmm. you hang a size five pair of pants on an upper bar, that's a lot of wasted space on the bottom.
1: Right. That's not exactly. being you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So put another mm-hmm.
0: bar on there or maybe move a dresser in there so mm-hmm. that they can, you know, put their clothes in and
1: whatnot just think outside the box. Right, right. My husband and I share a small reach-in closet, so we have to be very careful about what we put in there, but we it holds all of our clothes. We've downsized to exactly what we need, but our biggest help has been those hanging fabric shelves that um, we each have one. Mm-hmm. We have all of our um, shirts um, and t-shirts and, mm-hmm. you know, things that we need Hang, I think it has about four different shelves on each one of them. And that's the easiest thing. If I'm, if I know that I'm working out at the ranch and we have, we have certain t shirts we wear when we serve our guests out at the retreat center, I can go right to that yeah. and pull those t shirts out. So having those kind of things that serve you, it, it's all dependent on what your needs are. And that's what you have to decide.
0: Right. Okay. All right. So now we move to the kitchen. (laughs) This is the behemoth of the organizational world. A lot of people are intimidating. A lot of people are intimidated by organizing a kitchen. They just don't even know where to start. You move into a new house and you just want to get the boxes emptied. So you just start like shoving things into cabinets and drawers and then Four years later, everything is still where you put it and you can't, Mm -hmm. it's just, you have sort of like a system, but it's probably not the best system. So let's talk about that.
1: Yes. All right. Let's start with our the three zones in the kitchen. Okay. The first one is the prep zone. That is the area around your stovetop. It should contain all the items for your cooking. Um, it can d- be divided up into meal prep and baking prep. So if you've got your um, baking dishes, all of your cake pans, pie pans, all that goes in one, one, in one area, and then anything like pots and pans goes into another another area. But it kind of overlaps with your cooking zone. Okay, your cooking zone is where your stovetop or your oven is is and sometimes they're in different places, but um a lot of times they're in one range. You minor know, minor in different you're in different places. On yes. the opposite side the <laughs> across the room from each other. But um <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um you're you're that could be more like your baking zone over there because yeah. you're baking there and you're cooking on your cooktop. So your cooking zone it has where all your pots and pans are, your utensils, spatulas, wooden spoons, tongs, all, all of your oils and spices need to be right in that cooking zone area. And then your cleanup zone is your sink And your dishwasher, all of your dishes and utensils, cutlery, all of that needs to be closest to your dishwasher and also close to the area of where your table is to to make it convenient. Mm -hmm. So those are the three areas before we start looking at how to declutter, how to make it pretty, how to um, move and make cooking easier. Keep those three zones in mind. I think we we probably need to take a, a separate look at the pantry and the refrigerator the refrigerator it's hard to not clean out the whole refrigerator at one time because things can kind of get uh, moved around and they get pushed to the back of the refrigerator so that needs to be an area where we need to just basically quickly take everything out wipe it all down make sure everything hasn't hasn't expired and but I like to decant all of of my milk and my creamer and my juices into glass jars. Anyway, so we're trying trying to make it look even pretty inside your refrigerator. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the easiest thing when you get home from the grocery store, you're putting stuff in the refrigerator. Go ahead and wash all that up and put it in nice bowls so that it's easy. you you can snack on those strawberries. You know they've been washed to do those kind of things. So the refrigerator is a project in itself. So take some time work on that refrigerator, but don't, um, don't overthink it. If you like your milk in the plastic jug, it comes in great. You know, that, that's an easy thing. We just, you know, at our house, I have just a different kind of thinking. <laughs> well, it's part just, of your esthetic part of my aesthetics. So I did but, something in my
0: refrigerator <clears throat> that is part of my aesthetic, but it's also a practical application. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like the layout of the inside of the, my refrigerator. It came with the house. Um, and the way that the drawers work, the which are supposed to be the produce drawers, I just they just didn't work for me. And I found that if I took my drawers out, just remove the drawers completely, the space where those drawers would go, I could actually fit baskets in there.
1: Oh, that's a great idea. And I mm-hmm. could get
0: more produce in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. So when you open my refrigerator, it, there's baskets inside of there.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, um, and sometimes those drawers get hung up. Yeah. We had some water seep down into one of ours last night, and I was trying trying, and trying to get it out and almost wreck the whole refrigerator. But um, sometimes they're not as convenient as you'd like it to be. So I think that's a great idea to yeah. make things more convenient for you. And it looks Do pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's exactly. easier to keep mm-hmm. clean. those drawers like you said things can
0: spill behind them yes Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's hard to get that out and Mm -hmm. get with the baskets I can take the whole basket out very easily and Mm -hmm. when I'm kind of doing my weekly wipe down of the inside of the fridge I can just quickly wipe it down and then I'm done and I can just put it right back in Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm.
1: and sometimes we can get talking about getting at the back of the refrigerator leftovers can crawl back there very easily (laughs) and stay back there and get lost but um anyway just so do that and I would suggest maybe every couple of weeks at least go through what's in your I mean I think Allison you said you do it every week every week Clean. or
0: every two weeks Um, just less now that there's just two of us here mm-hmm. with my husband mm-hmm. and I but yeah I used to do it weekly I would do it right before a grocery shop so that mm-hmm. when yeah, I came a, home with a car full of groceries I had somewhere to put them <laughs> good good idea yes <laughs> so, yes anyway. well and the
1: other day the the um egg cartons all got weepy with some water at the bottom oh no and I thought oh my goodness and I found this really cute old crock bowl and I put all my eggs in there and I put it in the fridge. I thought that looks really cute. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna just keep all my eggs yeah. in there from now on now yeah. on. So anyway, sometimes you don't realize all these little tricks yeah. until you have an emergency and have to have to do something else. But anyway, the pantry um is another whole whole big story. And so you think that um you have to do take care of it all at one time. No, you can do it shelf by shelf. But I am a person I love jars. I love glass jars. Mm-hmm. I put all my flour in a jar, sugar in a jar, oatmeal in a jar, all my baking needs, a lot of like my dried um, beans and rice. I put all those and I use those Fido jars. I, I You can get those a lot of places. They're just very well sealed and it just makes your pantry look so pretty. I don't mm-hmm. like to see a lot of cereal boxes and, mm-hmm. and just stuff in a pantry. Um but I have in my little cottage one whole side of the ref- of the cabinets is was all is all pantry. So even in the smallest space I have, I put baskets where I have one shelf with uh, is all of our baking goods. The second shelf is all of our meal prep and then the third shelf is snacks. Mm. So I have baskets that fit exactly into two baskets on each shelf. It fits the exact space and that's all I keep in there. The pantry a lot of times is just a, some can be just a big throw throw it in and mm-hmm. move on and you never know what you have in there. So, I think that's a good point. The to me the important part of
0: an organized and functioning again we're going to keep coming back to that word functioning particularly mm-hmm. in the kitchen, a functioning pantry is i need to be able to see what i have. Mhm you know the way my my pantry will function well and I'll be able to not run out of things and make sure that I have what I need is if I can see the oatmeal is getting low then I know right. mm-hmm. I need to put it on my grocery list or mm-hmm. I need to go to where I, I store my extras and and fill it up mm-hmm. um and just keep track of what I have and I and it also helps you from overbuying and mm-hmm. buying you know excess when you realize you bought too much and then you've now you've got eight bags of rice <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. because if you have them in containers that you can't see what's in there, whether it's the original box that came in or, you know, something that's not see-through uh, like a glass jar, it's hard to know what you have. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that's, for me, that's what's worked best as a functioning pantry. I use a lot of mason jars in my pantry, the quart size and even the half gallon size for mm-hmm. some of my things. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm not using mason jars, I'm using like a um, an OXO. I like the OXO containers that have oh, the little yes. push button mm-hmm. top because mm-hmm. it it provides um an airtight seal
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's what it's a one-handed so if i have my hands dirty from you know whatever i was just doing in the kitchen and i need to grab something i can pop the, the top open with just one hand
1: mm. oh yeah those are nice yeah. yeah i've seen those before yes so don't let the pantry overwhelm you you can take it in sections you mm-hmm. know um shelf by shelf or you can do it all in one day where you take everything out, wipe it down and really do it right. But that is something that you will need to be sure you have the tools like yes. we talked about in part 1. The baskets to put, you know, spices in or whatever you do, um want to how you want to categorize your um your dry goods or if you want to do the jars. Whatever you decide that would work for you, you will need those before you really get started and to do it right. Right. So
0: that means Mm -hmm. you need to have your measurements. Yes. Take the time Mm -hmm. to measure the depth of the shelves and the height of the shelves Mm -hmm. and all of those things so that when it's time to go buy or find, even if you're shopping your house, Mm -hmm. for containers to sort of corral your items and, and get your pantry more organized. You don't necessarily have to go out and buy things. If you're just shopping your house, it's just helpful to know actual dimensions right
1: exactly it will save you Mm -hmm. a lot of
0: frustration and so you just need to write all those down and keep them with you
1: yes 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 so after you have all of that you can work on your pantry just in bits and pieces or all in one day whatever works for you so let's move on to appliances and dishware i think that's where we can get totally overwhelmed Um, a lot of us have Um, panini presses and griddles and all these kind of things that maybe we use once or twice a year but do they have more than one function? Yes. Can you can <laughs> you use, you know, just a skillet to do a cheese, you know, grilled cheese sandwich on? You know, I think that's what we need to ask ourselves. Do we need this? I asked for a panini grill one year for Christmas. I got a really nice one. We did use it for maybe a year or two, but it sat in... A big spin, it's pretty nice it's, size. Yeah, those are big, those are pretty big, and I bet I did not use it. Well, and I still don't haven't used it, but I did give it to um down to where we uh, serve people um at our dining hall at the retreat center, but um. Because I didn't have the space to, to take up. I used used to. I had kitchen that if it sat there, it sat there, and it wasn't taking up valuable space. But you have to decide: is that appliance working for me? Mm-hmm. Can I use something else to do the same, the same task? Thing, right? Yes, and I think that's the key thing. I think that's where maybe the appliance industry kind of gets us. Oh yeah, they says okay, everybody needs a rice steamer to you know to cook rice. Well, I cook it in a pot with. Mm-hmm. A yeah. lid on top of it. You yeah. Know? So um but you but you may like a rice steamer and it works for you. But that's what you have to decide. In our little cottage, I I do use my crock pot. You know, I know people just sit it crock pots sit there for years and don't get used. That's not me. I use my crock pot a lot. I mm-hmm. in the morning I'll put something on, go do what I need to get do and know that I've got a meal cooked yeah. when I get home. So a pot serves me. I do have a Vitamix. That is one thing that I probably wish I used more. It's just a little bit in a bad place, and so I don't get it out as much and I use my KitchenAid. Those are my three, I told myself. I can only keep three appliances. Those were the mm-hmm. three appliances mm-hmm. that I use. But my KitchenAid does have a food processor attachment. attachment. So I kind of still count it as three three appliances. Yeah. So I was just watching something the other day. I, I I think it was the clutter bug
0: lady Mm -hmm. who she's got some great resources. And I think it was her. And she said, never her rule for herself is don't have any appliance, small appliance in her kitchen that only does one thing.
1: Yes. Uh Mm Uh-huh. And
0: that's what you were just saying. If it just does one thing, Mm -mm. no. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, now there are a couple of things. Like you said, you decide what what is something that you're going to use a lot. You know you're going to use a lot, and you're willing to give it that valuable real estate in your in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. For me, um, my air fryer. I will mm-hmm. not part with my air fryer. Mm-hmm. I use it multiple times a week. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because I just, it's so convenient. It's its basically like having a super conducting oven. It's just like having a second oven, which I don't have. I have one. Um, so it's nice to have that option. It doesn't mm-hmm. heat up the whole house. And I have all kinds of reasons why I love it. And I'm willing to give up the real estate to have it. To have that. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Anyway, okay, Mm -hmm.
1: good. Um, Just recently, I took a cooking class um, at a local kitchen store, and I learned how to make paella. We usually go to a place on our vacation that makes really good paella. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go learn how to make this. Well, I get get there and they have a special pot that they (laughs) cook this in and special ingredients. And so I thought, okay, how can I do this a little bit simpler with what I've got? So I determined I'm going to use my My skillet that I have there, so I won't have to buy anything extra, and use my stirring stick. They had special things that you stirred, (coughs) stirred paella with, and I'm sure they were going to offer you a discount if you bought them exactly at their store (laughs) store, while you were doing your class. Yes, but um, I was just going to remind it. Sometimes you can do so much with just the few things that you have. There's a, a fella on. Um I think he has a website or he's on Instagram he has a list he's a famous chef he has a list of the basic items that you need to cook and he that's all he has in his kitchen and I took that list and I thought wow I think I have more than he does in my little tiny kitchen mm-hmm. but he said you can use so many you can do so many things with so few of pieces of, of equipment. Yeah. And I think that's what we all need to look at what we're doing, look at the things that we have, and are they serving us well? Right.
0: No, I think that's a great point.
1: Well, and that also goes for extra pots and pans. Because a lot of times we can get a zillion skillets and, you know, I've got a cast iron for this and a cast iron for this and then a regular stainless for this. Um, Decide how many you actually use and then just get rid of everything else. When um, we moved to a a house maybe, well, maybe three houses ago, I decided to get rid of all my pots and I got um, a nice set of, it had a skillet, a Dutch oven. In two sizes of pots, and it was a very nice brand. I still have it, I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I haven't needed another pot in probably 10 years Mm. that I've had those just because that's they've served me well. You know, just that Dutch oven, the small Mm -hmm. saucepan, and then Mm -hmm. um, the um, skillet that it comes with. So, anyway, so decide what you need. Get rid of everything else. That'll just help here with your cabinet space. Even if you have a large kitchen, sometimes it's nice just to have the pots laying out where you can easily get to them. You don't have to fill those drawers up just because... Just because they're there. They're there. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Then decide how many dishes and cutlery you need. Um, Make sure you have a couple of plates for each person that lives in the house. How many? If you have kids that come home very often, make sure they are taken care of too. And then keep in mind maybe how many guests that you usually have. And if you have a a place setting of twelve, that usually you know serves uh, most everybody. You know, if you do have you know like guests, I know Allison has a lot of people over at her house, but um, I don't know how many typically she serves. I know it's just she and her husband for most of the time mm-hmm. but um right. but you want enough that you know she has the gift of hospitality she's going to have a lot of people over she's going to want plenty of plates and cups and saucers to be able to serve serve them but you know other people have different needs and right. so just tailor how many items you have to how many people that you um that live in your home
0: so we've worked through all three of these areas We've looked at some of the problems, some of the common problems in the bathroom, some of the common problems in the bedroom and closet and in the kitchen. It's been, again, just a ton of information. We're being very generalized here. And I'm just saying that so that you'll remember in the first episode, we really focused on the individualization of this process. And that's something that we can't do for you. So you'll have to go back and do those steps. And then take some of the principles and the tips and the tricks that you've heard today and apply them to what works for your family. Um, I'm hearing that come up a lot is, does this serve you? And does this serve your family? Does this item or this way of organizing the linen closet or this way of organizing your kitchen, does it serve you well? Not you serving it, it serves you. And that's what we're all about here at the art of home. We're about serving, we're about being with our families and living out the purposes that God has called us for uh, within the four walls of our home. And that was the whole point in doing this series was to help you think about ways that you can bring order out of the chaos. Because as moms and as homemakers, that's kind of our MO. That's what we do all the time, bringing order out of the chaos. And when we do that, we're actually imaging our creator because he was the one who brought order out of all the chaos. And so it's just, um, it's a noble goal to try for that. So Joy, if there's one thing that you would want our listeners to take away from the discussion today, what would that be?
1: I think I would say just start small decide where the need is for you to accomplish a task that maybe has been hanging over your head for a while mm-hmm. and you just would feel so accomplished knowing that, boy, that is a, that drawer is so neat and decluttered right now. That counter and the kitchen looks beautiful. It doesn't have very many items on there that are cluttering up. I've got plenty of space to um, enjoy taking a bath in the bathroom. Just decide what is important to you and take a small step and try to do that um, just maybe once a week or twice a week and just take those little baby steps of cleaning out a drawer, cleaning out a closet, making something beautiful, bringing fresh flowers into your home to just have that fresh smell. Do the thing that appeal to you and I think you will just wonder how what how life can be so much more um free of the chaos free of the the consumable things that distract us from our real purpose in life Mm -hmm. all right well thank you for this discussion Allison, thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. It has been fun. fun. Yeah. All right. I have to go declutter a closet now. Oh, oh, me too. (laughs) Now that I've talked about it, definitely. (laughs) I know
0: we covered a lot of ground today, but I just want to encourage you all to follow Joy's advice of starting with small steps that address the most needy areas of your home. Where are you noticing a breakdown of system and order? Which areas of your space cause you the most anxiety? Use the live principle as you troubleshoot these areas. Ask yourself, what is my life purpose for this season and what are my core values? What are our interests as a family and as individuals? What is my vision for my home and for the spaces in my home? Once you've answered those questions, evaluate each room or space by applying these answers and adjusting accordingly. That might just mean a quick declutter using Joy's clockwise method, or it might mean a total overhaul of the space. Just remember, you don't have to do it all in one day or one week or even one month. I think this quote from Mark Twain sums it up really well. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming tasks into small, manageable tasks and starting on the first one. Well, that wraps up our mini series on organization. We hope you have been inspired and encouraged to apply these concepts to cultivate a home that serves you and your family as you seek to serve God in your daily lives. If you have found some value from this organization series, would you consider giving the show some love in one or more of the following ways? Number one, share the episode with a homemaker you know who could use some encouragement. Number two, Leave us a rating and honest review in your podcast app. And then finally, number three, you can leave us a tip in our virtual tip jar, buy me a coffee. We have a link down in the show notes and your financial support helps offset the cost of producing the art of home. So thank you. You can connect with us over on Instagram and Facebook. All the social links are down in the show notes and the resources mentioned in this episode are also listed in the notes below and on our website. We will be back in two weeks with another Homemaker Portrait. Until then, keep practicing your art of making a home.